There are ancient legends across many cultures that tell of a demon or deity that feed on the blood of the living. These tales, with the belief that the dead could rise again, gave way to one of our most well-known monsters, a being so powerful and charismatic that you could easily become their next meal. This monster's complexity has inspired media for centuries, and will continue as humans remain under the trance of vampires. <laughs> Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies, and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we film a documentary with what we do in the shadows. So, Stephanie. Yes. Have you seen this movie before we watched it for the podcast? Yeah, a couple of times. I enjoy it. It's really funny. Have you? Yeah. I've never seen it before. Oh? Oh, my gosh. But I have seen the show. Oh, really? I have. I didn't know the movie existed before the show. Oh. I had no oh, idea. Man. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. When the good show. movie. Yeah. When the show came out, I'm like, look at this new show that's never been a thing before. <laughs> I had no idea. And you just, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love the show. <laughs> I've watched some of it. It's all right. It's all right. You like the movie better? Yeah. Well, I haven't watched enough of the show. I oh, think okay. I just watched like the first few episodes. Oh, okay. I, I liked it. I like the movie. Let me back up. I really enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. The humor is basically the same. Yeah. As the show. So right. I was all on board. It's just, I guess it really just depends on which group of vampires you're vibing with. Yeah. More. I like. I really like because it's not by the same cast. No, no, no. It's a whole group, different group of vampires. I really like Nadia, so that's part of the reason why I like the show so much. Okay, I don't know if I remember that is that girl vampire in the main group. Have you seen the? I don't think you've seen the show. Not enough of it, apparently. I just remember that they (laughs) had a familiar, and he was real desperate. Oh yeah, yeah. He was like, any day now. <laughs> I mean, we also have a familiar that's a real desperate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but he's got like an eager nerdiness about him. Jackie is like fed up with shit. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, but I like. I did like the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yes. I think towards the end, I started to get a little like, let's wrap up. <laughs> it doesn't have like a real clear plot. It's no. more of like a day in the life. Which is fine. That's, yeah. you know, I like that. It was just uh, towards the end, the humor just started to drag for me a little bit. Right. Like at first, I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, okay. I get it. It was good. But yeah. overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, of uh, course. Where did you have it ranked on the scariness scale? Oh, my God. Six. I trust you to know. <laughs> you had it as a six. Why did you give it six? I don't know. You you saw this movie and you gave it a six? I feel like that you were very wrong. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I have it as a four. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense to me. (laughs) Um, Maybe I was just, like, really hoping um, some other movies would push it up because of how non-threatening the vampires are. Yeah, I don't know. You did have the invitation lower, which I feel like the invitation should be higher. I guess. Just based on the movie we saw. Yeah. But what we do in the shadows, I think the scariest part is Peter. <laughs> but I kind of love him. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. He's silly, but he has that creepy Nosferatu vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So that could be 
slightly upsetting <laughs> to some people. Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, it's not scary. No, just strange <laughs> most of the time. Do you regret your six? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> How regretful. Do you want to hear some background on the movie? Yeah, sure. <laughs> So What We Do in the Shadows is a 2014 New Zealand mockumentary horror comedy film written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. The film follows four vampire roommates, Viago, Deacon, Vladislav, and Peter, who share a flat in the Wellington suburb of Tiaro? Spelled Tiaro. Tiaro? Okay, well, anyone from New Zealand, let me know how that's pronounced, and have granted permission to a documentary crew to film them. The film was shot using a combination of improvisation and scripted scenes, with the editing process taking almost a year to complete. It follows the vampires as they struggle to keep up with the mundane tasks of modern life, such as paying rent, getting invited to parties, and dealing with the daily stress of being undead. It was met with critical acclaim and has since spawned a television series and two spinoff films. I haven't seen a film. Me neither. Alright, well, I guess... I'll check it out later. But the film was based on a 2005 short film, What We Do in the Shadows, Interviews with Some Vampires. Oh, okay. Written and directed by Watiti and Clement. So they did the short film, too. But I like- Good for you on these names, though. Like, like you're not so good at pronouncing these director names, and then but then you see Watiti and you're like, I got oh, it. Oh, because I know him. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm a, yeah, that's because I knew that name. I knew oh, that person. Okay. <laughs> so many people I don't know is the issue. <laughs> I know. It makes it seem like... This is the name. I got this unlock. Yeah. <laughs> every every episode, I'm like the the last name of this person. <laughs> it's like it's like James or something. Oh, yeah, you're it. like no, not James. I don't know. James or James. 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 But I really like the subtitle interviews with some vampires. Yes. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. Do you get it, Stephanie? Just some, not all. So according to Watiti and Clement, their favorite vampire films include The Lost Boys, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Interview with the Vampire, which we covered last episode. All those movies were heavily quoted or referenced in the film, along with many other genre films such as Blade, Twilight, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can see that. Yeah. This was after Twilight. I was like, what the... Yeah. Yeah. It was relatively new when... And I remember the first time we watched it is like when we adopted Artemis. Like Twilight or yeah, no, what um, we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows because oh, okay. we were just kind of she was a kitty and like just a baby and she like went and hid in the basement. So we just sat down there waiting for her to come out oh. watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, I for whatever reason in my mind this movie was older than that. No, but no, it's still less than ten years old. Right, it's two thousand fourteen. Oh my god, that's nine years ago. <laughs> But yeah, to think it was after Twilight. And I think they did mention something about sparkling too, didn't they? Yeah. As a joke. Or like when they get ready to go out or something. It's looking you're looking very Edward Cullen or something uh, like yeah, that. Something like that. But they did they yeah, they threw threw some shade at Twilight. Yeah. But did you want to dive into the plot? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like, no, not today. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Let's just jump to the end. Screw it. You don't need to know what happens. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> In a suburb of Wellington City of New Zealand, a documentary crew follows four vampire flatmates that consist of Viago, Vladislav, Deacon, and Peter. 
Each vampire has a backstory, and we often cut away to them individually speaking to the camera in the office-like fashion. Yeah. Iago is a dandy from the 17th century that followed his girlfriend to New Zealand in the 1910s, but was separated from her long enough that she married someone else due to the wrong postage being put on his coffin by his human servant. Bro. <laughs> he was not going to let it go, too. No, so tragic. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Poor guy. Could you imagine? How long? How many years? It was like 20 or something? Yeah, it was long enough. Like, he was just kind of sailing around. <laughs> Like in a circle around New Zealand for for probably like ten or so years, mm-hmm. and just missed his long missed long... missed his chance. Yeah, and she's old. Yeah, she's about old now. So Vladislav is an eight hundred and sixty two year old vampire, and known as Vladislav the Poker, he is meant to represent Vlad the Impaler due to his brutal torture and execution methods. But he's ultimately lost his mojo due to a past battle with something he calls the beast. The beast. <laughs> and the it, there's a picture of the beast. And it's some yeah, kind of like, weird creature. They show lots of drawings of like potentially the beast. And you're like, wow, it's got to be some wolf weird creature thing. Some eldritch horror type bullshit. Yeah, like straight out of D&D. <laughs> we'll find out who the beast actually is. Mm-hmm. Which I had a feeling like towards that yeah. part. I'm like. I think I have an idea of what this could really be. Then there's Deacon, an 183-year-old peddler, and he tells the harrowing story of being attacked and turned into a vampire one night by a bat-like creature and ends the story with, and it turns out it was Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just sitting together, just like, <laughs> oh well, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> but last of all, Peter is 8,000 years old, resembling Nosferatu, and mostly hides out in the basement due to being more feral than the rest of the group. So, like, they feed him chickens and stuff in the meantime. Well, ass live chickens. <laughs> he's in the basement. What, in, like, a stone slab. Yeah. Like, hiding in a coffin most of the time anyway. Mm. Even at night. Like, he's just kind of chilling. He's just vibing, you know? He's a little creepy looking, but he doesn't seem that... He doesn't really say anything. He's just kind of there. I don't think he can talk. No. I wonder if that is an aging process thing or if that's just what vampires were when he turned, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, because, yeah, he looks... They essentially take care of him, so... Yeah, he looks just like Nosferatu. Yes. Each night, Deacon, Vladislav, and Viago travel into town, excluding Peter. (laughs) Poor Peter. He's not invited. (laughs) Looking for people to feed on. However, it proves to be challenging, since they have to be invited into establishments where people congregate. It's so funny. Like, let us in. And he's just like, no. Like, please. Just just say... Do you have a ticket? Like... (laughs) Just say we're allowed in. And they're like, no. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Like, <laughs> Just come in. No! <laughs> so they end up at a bar that allows vampires in, but it's mostly empty, obviously, because there's issues with clientele there. And meet up with Deacon's human familiar, Jackie. She's been in Deacon's service for several years, which entails running their errands during the day and cleaning up after their feedings. And hopes that Deacon will eventually turn her into a vampire, but she's growing impatient at this point. Yeah, she's a. Uh, what'd you say? She's middle aged. Yeah, not quite. Yeah, almost. I think she's like a single mom, like maybe forty something. Oh, she's married. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, she is. Single mom who works too mm-hmm. hard, who wants to turn into a vampire. No. <laughs> I don't know what her plan is with that, but okay. I don't I, <laughs> just abandon her family. Well, at the end, we find out yeah. like, what kind of happens, but yeah, she's just a nice suburban lady who just really wants to be a vampire yeah yeah she's like i'm been like six years can we get on with it like yeah she's like i'm getting past my prime yeah running out of time (laughs) 
I mean, I get it because like you're gonna turn however old you are, so and you're gonna stay wanna, that way. Yeah, yeah. I would want to turn like mid twenties. Anything after that? Yeah, no. Forget <laughs> it. Too old. I ain't living my Past life. my prime. Past my prime. I peaked already, Stephanie. I don't know about you. I'm done. <laughs> if, if a vampire comes up to me, I'll be like, hell no. There's it's no reason late. to preserve this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too late for me. Just kill me. Oh, goodness. So, Deacon could really care less and request that she requires some virgins for them to kill <laughs> he's like yeah 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 we need some virgins though he doesn't want to turn her because then she's he's gonna then lose. she's not available for yeah. him yeah he's gonna prolong this as long as possible right also i think since they have literally forever it's just not on their radar of of like things to do <laughs> yeah so you know how like this is kind of off topic but not really but you know how each year seems to go by faster and faster mm-hmm. you know why that is because so, like, when you're a kid, like, years seem so much longer. So, like, when you turn one years old, a year was your entire life. Right. So, it's forever. So, when you turn two, well, a year is half your life. So, it keeps fractionally going oh. down of how much time. So, then it's, like, at one point, it's, like, it's a 16th of your life. And then, yeah, like, a and 28th. That, and it's, like, like, it's nothing. only been, like, a day that you've been 30. <laughs> yeah. So, what I'm thinking is for these people, like, whoever is the one that's 800 years old. Oh, 8,000 or, uh, or, or whoever, like, you know, Peter, a year is one eight thousandth of a life. Right. So that's like a blink of an eye. Yeah. So these people, these vampires, should I say, aren't even thinking. Ahead of time or. Like a year yeah. is like, eh, whatever. That's it's just nothing. like a week to them. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's probably part of it, too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm like, I'm only like 40 or however old she is. We don't really know. Right. She's like, we gotta go. <laughs> So Jackie uses this opportunity to smite anyone that's wronged her in the past. <laughs> so she selects an ex-boyfriend, which we find out at the gathering that they dated when they were like in school, like when they were 12 mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> named Nick and a woman that made fun of her in school and convinces them to visit the vampire's flat. I don't know what she told these people. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, Can what? you imagine like someone calls you up from elementary school? Like, let's get together. <laughs> Not only get together, let's go to a house owned by four men. That you don't know. That you don't know. Mm-hmm. Just me and you. Okay. No. 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 Definitely no. (laughs) Don't do that. So the group is disappointed that they aren't actually virgins. (laughs) They feed them cold biscotti, (laughs) as they say. (laughs) (laughs) You do not like biscotti. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like biscotti? (laughs) And Nick's like, I kind of like it when it's warm. (laughs) It's like from a can. like. The chef Boardy. Like, like he like they feed him like dogs, basically. They just dump a can on a plate in front of them. No, we don't like the biscotti. <laughs> and then Vladislav, for entertainment, I guess, tries a form of hypnosis on them to try to trick them into believing they are eating worms. Like that's the whole reason they serve biscotti. <laughs> <laughs> a little party trick. Yeah. <laughs> then they quickly kill the woman and chase Nick through the house until he's about to escape, but is caught by Peter outside, who turns him into a vampire. <laughs> And it seems like Peter is, like, the most prone to doing this, so maybe Jackie should just be hanging out with him. Yeah, Peter will turn you, no problem. <laughs> right. I did not anticipate Nick to be in this movie anymore. Oh, After yeah. This, you know, like, he's just a one-off character for a scene. No, he's in the rest of the whole movie. Well, we're gonna keep him. <laughs> okay. 
they're really disappointed too that Peter ended up changing him. But who, yeah, was a deacon who really does not like Nick like, yeah. at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> Two months later, Nick has joined the group as a vampire, and they have befriended his human friend Stu, who they all agree as a group is so cool they won't kill him. <laughs> They're like, we can't kill Stu. He's a really good guy. They all like Stu way more than Nick. Yeah. yeah. They'd get rid of Nick easily. Yeah. Keep Stu. (laughs) Stu works with computers and brings the vampires up to speed on modern age technology. Tiago uses the internet to find his long lost love, Catherine, who is now an elderly widow, and catches up with his old servant, Philip, to let him know he got the postage wrong. But cuts the call short when Philip is like, but master, you said you were going to turn me and I'm like 90 now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, connection. <laughs> oh, no. What was that? <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> so meanwhile, Nick joins them on their trips to town for victims and uses his connections from his human life to get them into clubs there. However, he struggles with accepting his new life, frequently telling strangers that he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because half the people are like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, Whatever. if someone came up to me and told me they were a vampire, I'm like, okay, good for you. Like, I obviously wouldn't believe them. Right. They're, they're like, okay. But yeah, yeah. Weird, weird people. Yeah. <laughs> Deacon was the former baby of the group and is now jealous of Nick's replacing him amongst the other vampires. Like, he resents him for, like, wearing outfits that are similar to him. They're not either. Not is even. The, <laughs> there's, like, two completely different outfits. He's, like, he's, he's wearing is... the same jacket. And it's not even. No, man. It's, yeah, you're grasping at straws. And you know what? I appreciate it. You know, when you don't like someone, you just find every little thing they do wrong. And, uh, you know, it's not fair. But I don't blame him. Yeah. But you're wrong. You're still wrong. <laughs> like. Uh, he also, like, resents him for telling people that they're vampires, obviously. Nick even runs into a vampire slayer at one point, but doesn't believe that that's what he is until he breaks into their basement and kills Peter by exposing him to sunlight. Peter, yeah, so Nick is... When he's telling everyone that he's a vampire, he tells an actual vampire hunter. Yeah. And I think... He's just like, those aren't real. And and I'm like, man, you're a vampire now. Like, what do you think? That's what you're doing when everyone's doing to you, basically. Like, oh, yeah, vampires aren't real. Now you're doing that to the vampire hunter. Right. You get Peter fucking killed. (laughs) Peter, no. So Deacon's really upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mostly, I think it's because of the whole master connection thing. Mm -hmm. So when the other vampires discover that Nick was partially to blame for Peter's death... Deacon and Nick start trying to kill each other while levitating in the air. And the commotion causes the police to come by to do a welfare check. Plus, because they were screaming in the basement when Peter died. Yeah, just screeching. Right? So the police come, but Viago hypnotizes them by telling them nothing is out of place. Literally, like, they're walking into the kitchen and Deacon and Nick are, like, floating by the ceiling, Mm -hmm. fighting. And they take them downstairs. There's just, like, burnt corpses. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, like, you got to get these pipes checked out. They're not up to code. (laughs) Yeah, the electrical looks a little janky. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just not noticing the burnt body. No. And then isn't the vampire hunter's body down there, too? Yeah, I... I guess he burned up in the flames or something like that. His body's charred, too. I thought they killed him. I don't remember. I don't. But both corpses are down there. Yeah, I think maybe Peter killed him before. Sun came up or something. Something happened. Anyways, there's two (laughs) corpses down there. And the police don't see it. No. They're just like, okay. Okay, bye. (laughs) 
So once the police leave, Nick's banished from the flat, but Stu is still welcome to come by. <laughs> yeah. Like, Stu could come and visit, though. Yeah, yeah. You just send Stu whenever. <laughs> and again. <laughs> they, like, take him aside and they're like, this isn't about you. Don't worry. Like, we're, we're still friends. <laughs> yeah, he's still cool. And this is, like, where Stu becomes a plot point. Like, again, <laughs> yeah. I thought Stu was just a running gag and it becomes a bigger thing. And, like, this movie, I don't understand. <laughs> So several months later, the vampires receive an invitation to the annual Unholy Masquerade, a party hosted for the undead, which includes a special guest of honor each year. Vladislav is sent spiraling when he learns that this year it's the beast. <laughs> I love that so much. I, I, I was watching it with Nick and I turned around like, how much do I bet? It's going to be the beast. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, right. it was the beast. He takes it so personally that he was overlooked for it himself, too, and that he's going to have to see the beast that he just completely lets himself go. He's, like, deteriorating. He's not eating. Yeah. Just... He looks like Lestat yeah. at the end of Interview with the Vampire. A little bit. So much so that, like, he actually requires the mask at the masquerade to hide how bad he looks. Mm-hmm. So, at the party, they run into Stu, Nick and Jackie, who is now a vampire and was turned by Nick. You know what? Good for Jackie. Yeah, Jackie Jackie saw an opportunity and she went for it. Good for her, honestly. She knew what she wanted. She found a way to get it. So, good on her. Way to be a girl boss, Jackie. (laughs) Exactly. So, then the Beast is announced and it's revealed that she is actually Vladislav's ex-girlfriend, Pauline. She's just a normal-looking woman. She's just a woman. Yeah. I wonder, though. I wonder if those reforms she took, like, somehow. Maybe. You know? Like, maybe that was accurate still. (laughs) Or he was just drawing his inner interpretation of her. Yeah. As these creatures. Yeah. And I think they cut away to the other vampires and they're like, it makes a lot more sense of the stories that he told about him and the beast. Like me and the beast were fighting on the shore, but then we passionately made love or something like that. (laughs) Hey, you know what? No judgment. If it was a creature that looked like that, don't knock it till you try. That's all I'm saying. Right? I guess. (laughs) Fuck off. No way. So the rest of the party begins to figure out that Stu and the camera crew are human and want to feed on them. But Vladislav fights with Pauline's new boyfriend, Julian, and Stu ends up impaling Julian with a flagpole. Can we talk about Julian? Why does he look like that? I don't know. He has like this long nose. He looks slimy. His skin is not normal. Yeah. Pale green almost. Like he's just a vampire allegedly. It, right. I don't know. He's not doing good. Uh, it's very weird. We don't know why he looks like this. Yeah. Is this a reference we don't know? Probably. Also, we didn't mention there's zombies and witches there, too. Yeah, the zombies are kind of the ones that <laughs> out them because they think Stu's the zombie, I think. And then he's just like, no, I work with computers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember how they... I know the one zombie, like, smells Stu. Oh, yeah. Um, in any case, it's a big no-no to bring humans to this. Unless, unless they're going to be a snack. Unless they're going to be a snack. So they're like, okay, well, he's a snack. <laughs> and they're like, he's not a snack. And he's like, but we want him to be a snack. But he's not. So now they're fighting. Yes. So the vampire stew and the camera crew escape the masquerade, but run into a pack of rival werewolves that end up mauling Stu in the camera van. These werewolves are so funny, though. Like, they run into them a couple of times when they're mm. out and about <laughs> looking for victims. And I don't know, it's very, like, West Side Story-ish. Like, that, oh, that they're just yeah, constantly yeah. like, wanna go? We're gonna go! Like, <laughs> And I love when they swear, 
They're like, stop swearing. We're not swear wolves. We're werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Like they're so wholesome. Right. Yeah. They're, they're in and they're earlier and they pass them. Mm-hmm. And they're so like unthreatening. Mm-hmm. They're just like regular dudes. Yeah. <laughs> just the swear wolves. <laughs> and you know what's funny about that? There's basically a scene in the show that's almost verbatim like that whole oh, situation. There's yeah. a pack of werewolves like that. And I'm like, this is from the show. Well, mm-hmm. vice versa. But you know what I mean. Like, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. But they turn into the werewolves. At like the slightest provocation. Like, mm-hmm. they're like on the brink at all times, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, presumed dead, the rest of the group run away and grieve for some point later. Like, they don't care about the camera crew. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Fuck the camera crew. Who cares? So, some point later, Nick visits the flat with Stu Stu explains that he survived the attack and became a werewolf. Which is bullshit, because we see Stu. Like, his entrails are out. He, he like, is mauled. Yeah. Like, his whole torso is torn up. Like, there's no way he was fine. And it's funny, because then they show him turning, mm-hmm. and he's, like, fine. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I don't think that's quite how that would work. Um, I don't know. Or maybe they... Maybe they... Cameraman? Maybe he just didn't recognize him. He was messed up. Like, he wasn't coming back. The cameraman or Stu? Cameraman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was... I don't know. Because, like, his torso was, like... Was it the cameraman? It might have been the cameraman. Oh, shit. Maybe I got that mixed up. Oh, okay. Well... Just a little. Okay, well, if that's the case, then Stu's back. (laughs) So, the pack and vampires hang out together at the flat with Nick and Stu's encouragement. Nick is no longer banished as well. So then the documentary ends with Viago finding Catherine and turning her into a vampire. She's like 90. <laughs> She's like so they can to now go. be together. <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah. Whatever. Whatever makes you happy. Vladislav gets back together with Pauline and Jackie's husband is now her familiar. <laughs> that was so funny. I, know. I don't know why that made me laugh. I was like, yes, get it, Jackie. Right. In the end credits, Deacon appears to try to hypnotize the audience to forget the events on the film. Oh, was that a after the credits or? I believe or midway. I think I may have turned the movie off before that. Oops. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have yeah. to go back and see that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I probably turned off the credits at that point. Yeah. That's funny. I like that. I do too. Fun. I like it a lot. I like that style as well. It it was all played for a gag, but oh, it was yeah. so fun. <laughs> yeah, I love the humor. It was great. I don't know. Maybe it was just for me the lack of a clear plot that kind of just made yeah. it a little bit. Like, because the humor in and of itself, as like little like skits almost, was great. Mm-hmm. But as a stream of like consciousness, not really end, a clear plot. Like, Where are we going with this? Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't know if the vampires were and the werewolves were the real threat when we only saw them like very rarely. But then when they all come together, it seems like a good ending. Mm-hmm. But also, I was like, that didn't seem like the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, there was like, you know what it was like? It was like layers of an onion. Like, we started in one way, we peeled off a layer, and it exposed a different aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, Nick, I never would have foreseen him being a character than he was. Right. And then it became about Stu, kind of. Yeah. But then the, the werewolves came back, and then they were part of it. I don't know. Yeah. But to the point, when we were going over the background, like, it was just about their daily trials and tribulations. Right. So, I'm not saying it had to have, like, a clear 
through plot, which I think honestly is to its benefit. Just for me personally, I was like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably why they decided the whole series thing would be a a better idea because it's just doses of it, and then it's not you don't have to focus on like, the overarching plot like a movie. Yeah, and I think that's why I like the show a lot is just you focus on I think it's like a half an hour show, get your little storyline, and then the next episode we have more i mean there is like through stories but like for the most part it's like individual little yeah vignettes if you will i, um, I like when they discover like the different types of vampires too like the psychic vampire or emotional vampire oh or whatever. yeah i remember those episodes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so he's an emo- he's the one who drains you of your energy <laughs> yeah they hate hanging out with him yeah mm-hmm. do you think you're gonna watch any more of the show or no and just go ahead and okay. tell the audience. Well, there's this <laughs> there's this one episode where he meets another one mm-hmm. and they have this standoff at an office and they both start floating. Yeah. And they're trying to like overcome the other one and drain their emotion. Right. It's so funny. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I've seen that one because she's oh, okay. She's like they both have this ability in a weird way, and she's more like emotional, like she gets people to sympathize mm-hmm. with her or something like that. And he just like ruins everybody's day. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. So they were they have like a turf war over this one office that they both work in. Yeah. And it, it's funny because the whole series up until that point is just a dude. And then this is the first time they exhibit actual like powers. Yeah. They're like floating and like the lights are flickering <laughs> right. and stuff. I'm like, oh my God. It's it was funny. Yeah, I really like that show. But the movie was good too. I yeah. enjoyed it. I just uh I just wish there was a little more clarity. Yeah. But definitely uh, worth a watch. So I found some speculation as to why werewolves and vampires are sometimes shown as enemies in multiple movies in... Yeah, I I don't know what just made that so, but I was curious as to why. (laughs) Yeah, so what I found was they're portrayed as enemies in many modern stories, but there's no definitive answer from what I found. But generally, it is attributed to the fact that they are both apex predators and feed on the same food source. So okay. they both go after humans, basically. And it leads to a competition for resources. Some stories suggest that vampires and werewolves were once part of the same species and were forced into conflict due to a power struggle. So there's a theory that they like descended from right. the same. Yeah. Or they were descendants from the same and they, thing, almost. And they kind of like evolved. They had to evolve each evolve, yeah. Okay. A variety of reasons. In other stories, and I don't know which one specifically, but there's a conflict attributed to the vampire's enslavement of werewolves. Hmm. And then finally, some stories suggested that the vampires and werewolves were simply born enemies and have been at odds. So, Like a cats versus dogs yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. I've never heard of the enslavement of werewolves, though, by vampires. Yeah. I that wonder, would be a weird concept. There might, might be movies and stuff. I didn't I never that. realized is all. But. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's happened somewhere, but I like the theory that they were from the same yeah, descendant. And they like, just I'm had to how evolve separately. Maybe different locations. What are those places like where it's dark all the time? Well, they would both thrive in something like that, especially yeah. if there's a full moon, you know. Right. Maybe it's something along the lines of like, what we're gonna talk about another movie coming week where be like you know vampires like there's different types okay so 
Because they're both turned almost in a similar fashion yeah. with a bite. Right. One's just more furry. And it's not permanent. It's mm. only at certain moments. And like werewolves don't have to necessarily drink blood. No. That I know of. Do they? No. I don't think so. I don't know. The similarity is that you turn from a bite. Yeah. So. There's just more like trigger associated though. Like vampire just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, once you turn your you're yeah. so well. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Which which theory do you like? I agree with the co-evolving into different species from one form, but I also think that maybe maybe it would also be the whole struggle for resources thing. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I don't think werewolves drink blood, but they usually do. Eat like people. completely <laughs> like destroy people yeah. as well, so <laughs> it, it's over for you. Yeah. yeah. They're a little bit more sloppy eaters, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Well, in a way, too, like vampires can kind of like return to a victim if they let them go. And like, because sometimes, you know, they'll drain one person like repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Like, also, werewolves don't know sometimes that they're yeah. doing this. It's like a, I don't know, Incredible Hulk type situation. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that a right? Is that a right comparison? Maybe not. Mm. I don't know. Anyways, they can't control it. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, they wake up, they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I like the, the evolving and then the apex predators. Because I would say they're the two, like, one of the two most dangerous monsters. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So, I don't know. But those are potential reasons why they are, they are enemies. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate it. Yes, and you can find us on social media at 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next sleep. Unless you howl at the moon like a werewolf. Yeah, unless you're a werewolf, then, you'd, uh, then you're just a human. For you're just pulling the- all-nighters. Yeah. <laughs> you're basically human. Bye. Bye. Bye.